Anyways. And with that, welcome everyone to episode 47 of Flip the Record. This is a fun one today. We might end up chopping this into two episodes, one of them being a sampling platter and just catching up on what's new with music in the week and the other being a Ticketmaster episode. It really just depends on the length of that. But what's going on, Joe? Yeah, man, it's uh, we keep bitching about it. it's the dead of winter, although it is pretty nice outside. It was like 60 the other day. It's 40 today. I've seen people golf in the last 10 days or so. Uh, and then the groundhog told us spring's coming early. So uh, whatever that means, I'm looking forward to it. Um, on the note of mu- news and music, I maybe let's start right off the bat with the bit you sent me last week um, that we didn't cover. The Ben Shapiro new track. Oh, okay. So I, you know what's funny? I have five things on my list. I had forgotten about that one, but let's do it. Okay, you remember? Okay, gotcha. I think Ben Shapiro might be the artist of our generation. <laughs> Let me pull up the lyrics for this. Uh, so he did a song. Who's the who's Tom the, McDonald? Tom McDonald. He did. So Tom McDonald's like an actual musician. And then, well, it, so he's an actual mu- musician, but his only music is like politically charged. Yeah, that's that's beside the point. That's still a musician. Fair. He is a he is a like a hip hop musician, in my, in my understanding. I haven't listened to any of his other stuff. And he brought on Ben Shapiro to feature on the track as kind of like, a, oh, this guy fucks. I fuck. I'm bringing Ben Shapiro on. And as you could expect, Ben Shapiro's uh, verse in this is very monotone, very almost like it's so poorly sung to the point where it sounds like um, it sounds like a, a bit or like a like a old YouTube video that would be like making fun of the. You remember the guy who sang the song "Show Me Your Genitals"? Yeah, John it, Le, John Lejoie, who's that who's guy. also on the league. He it was, sounds uh, taco. Like, it sounds a little bit like that guy, just so monotone and bass level and like not at all flowing that it's just like it's it's a parody of, of a musician, right? And John Lejoie did it all like he was, and that was all joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was all that was all parody comedy, right? This is Ben Shapiro actually getting on the mic and doing it. And it's so ridiculous that I actually think this is like Ben Shapiro trying to show a bit of his like comedic side. Yeah, trying to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although some of his lines are kind of funny. Let, let's look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like Lizzo. My pockets are fat. That was like, a funny line. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> and then um, let's see what else he got here. The, the, this one's kind of cheesy. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karens. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. That's no, that's just bad. That's that is so bad. And I, I hope I, I hope Ben Shapiro actually wrote all these. He sat down for like a couple of days and he like went over it with his wife or whoever and was like, "Hey, what do you think about these lines?" And she was like, "Yeah, no, I think this is the one. Go for it. That's funny." Oh, he definitely wrote these, <laughs> and he closes it with one of like the corniest lines of all time. He goes, "I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a Billboard number one. <laughs> like that is the corniest line I think I've ever heard." <laughs> But you know what's kind of funny about this song is if you play it, like, since Tom McDonald's an actual rapper, and it's funny, he has a couple songs that aren't, like, politically charged, and he has a couple good ones. Okay. But, like, the politically charged alt-right ones, it's like, I mean, again, I don't come to music for politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, the Tom McDonald's part of the song is, is, you know, decent. He's And the beat's not bad or whatever, so you can pass it off as a legit song. Yeah. And I think it'd be funny if you threw it on, like, a party playlist. Because the first part of the song is good enough where it's like passable. For yeah. Like a, if you're not listening to the lyrics. Sure. And then, but when Ben Shapiro comes on, the gig is up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's uh the beat's good too. I'm just gonna say it now. The beat's good. Yeah, for sure. Fire, up tempo, kind of just like bumping, fun beat. 
And then you get this guy yelling and screaming about uh, trans kids and all this other, you know, all right shit. And it's just like, ugh. And then, but honestly, Ben Shapiro, I, I think he has over the years become a little bit more self-aware to the point where, like, I can almost kind of respect him being like, this will be funny. And the Tom McDonald bit, I'm just like, this guy's not self-aware at all. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I do like to Tom McDonald closes out the chorus with, if you want, if you want my pronouns, I'm the man. Which is, <laughs> that's a funny line. <laughs> oh, man, what a track. Yeah, if you – how do I put this? This this song certainly pissed off some people that are more left-wing. Like, the people that are making fun of in this song, this will piss off those types of people. But if you have any amount of like self awareness, like just give this song a listen and have a have a good laugh because it's a funny funny song. Yeah. Uh, but you made it. You made an interesting point there. Maybe we can cut this too. Uh, it might expand a longer conversation. But I think you mentioned that you don't come to music for politics. We've talked about this before, over and over and over. A lot. It, it comes up a lot when we talk about COVID albums. I think politics has its place in music, not necessarily. To the degree I'm talking about with this Tom McDonald track, but I think there's a lot of artists over the years, in particular rock artists that I can think of, but I can think of another guy like Toby Keith, who's also politically charged in, in a number of his songs, um, where politics plays a part. It's part of the culture. It's part of the, you know, the things that artists are interested in, angry about, you know, stuff like that, where when you listen to a song like American Idiots, say, by Green Day, does that song turn you off? No, so let me walk my take back a little bit because uh, American Idiot's a great example. It's one of my all-time favorite albums, and that is a very politically charged. But what I meant was if you're an artist and 90-plus percent of your catalog is, like, solely on, like, politics and, like, very overtly so, like, whereas with other artists, if they slip it into a song and, like, you have to kind of read the lyrics and then interpret it, like, where it's – whereas, like, with Tom McDonald, it's so over the top yeah, on yeah. 9 out of 10 tracks – like that, I'm not going to go down and listen to a Tom McDonald album. So then kind of in the same vein as a, let's call it, you've brought it up before, Planet Zero by Shine Down. But I can think of, again, Toby Keith, very politically charged on a lot of his tracks. Rage Against the Machine, very politically charged on a lot of their tracks. Is that kind of, is that kind of what you're getting at? We're like, uh, I don't know, it's just not for me. Yeah, but it's, it depends on the music. Like, because at the end of the day, like the Planet Zero, like I, musically, I just don't like it as much as any of shinedown's other work sure sure um i'm not really familiar with rage i know we'll gotcha. probably cover them at some point yeah 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 but like i said like american idiot's one of my top five yeah all-time that, favorite albums and that that album again very politically it's, a, con whole it's a concept album based right. on the pol like the political landscape of america going on in that time yeah early 2000s oh, yeah. right yeah. right it's uh it, it certainly turned some people away i can think to myself just thinking about rage against the machine that there are plenty of political political i think to myself like right wingers that generally would like rage against the machine they would like that style of music but can't listen to them because they can't stand the communist or maybe para-communist kind of messages that go throughout the you know throughout the music it's interesting yeah um but i, I don't know in my the way i look at it as long as it's not like <sighs> it's a it's a fine line right because some somebody like a tom mcdonald i would never go back to and listen but I do enjoy Rage Against the Machine, even though I don't share a lot. Of real, well, let's just say a lot of their political views, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting bit where, like, maybe you don't have to agree with the views as as much as, like, maybe you just enjoy the music. Yeah, I guess 
into like with someone like like Tom McDonald's, like if you're listening to someone like that, you're coming to the music just to reaffirm like your own opinions. Sure. Like it's not like you're whereas like Rage Against like it's just it's just different. Yeah. Like Tom McDonald is like as one sided as you can get where it's so <laughs> over the top. And that's the kind of stuff I won't listen to. Yeah. Um, quick funny story. One of our uh, my in laws, we were at their place and they were like we were talking about music and just like, you know, normal artists or whatever. And they're like, Hey, like I've really been in this rapper. He's, he spits straight bars, straight, just fire. Like, let me show you guys some songs. He throws on some Tom McDonald. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had, it took me, I had to bite my tongue from just like laughing out loud. Like, How'd you find, how, 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 how'd you find out about this guy? <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. And, and they're like, yeah, like, isn't this fire? And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is great <laughs> love it <laughs> Man, good for you guys but they're the type of person that yeah politically they're, charged they're uh very political it's a big part of their life and that's like that's what they're coming to their music like that's just that's not me yeah you know yeah, so. uh i have a couple more things before we get into it today. yeah i do too we can cut we can not cut whatever one was uh Shit at Rocker of the Week, you said you had one that you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, so I, I had five things here. I was going to have you pick a number, but we could do Shithead Rocker of the Week. Yeah, we've been pushing it off for a couple of weeks. I want to hear this. All right, I've got two. Oh, yeah, let's uh, go. And they're both involved with Aiden Ross, popular streamer. Ah, uh, yes. Like, did you? TikTok dickhead. No, I don't know either of these stories. Okay. So. Oh, is it one of them 21 Savage, though? Yes. Yeah, I so heard th- this. Okay. Both of these were within the same week, which is crazy. <laughs> so the first one, Aiden Ross has 21 Savage on his stream. Okay. And they agree that they're going to start playing some cards and, and throwing some money on it. So on the stream, 21 Savage takes out a new deck of like bicycle cards, like unwrapped. He unwraps them. And then you can see like, cause all this is on video. You can see him pass it to one of his guys who's like off stream, but you see him pass the deck of cards. Uh, that guy goes in and marks the face cards. He like puts a little scratch on them. Yeah, on the back side of the cards, you could see. Yes, right. hands them back to Twenty One Savage while Aiden Ross is like, you know, t- just talking to the stream or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then they start playing like with you know ridiculous amounts of money. Like, oh, you know, pick a card, I'll pick a card. Whoever's right. higher, tens of thousands. And you can even see on one of the ones, you can see the guy who Twenty One Savage handed the cards to. He, when he's it's his turn to pick a card the guy points to, the, to a card with like a scratch on it like so like just o- like overtly not even trying to hide it uh, and uh so 21 savage wipes him out of i probably wh- tens of thousands of dollars well so more. one report i read said 120k another one said 250 so yeah, somewhere in the good. neck of six figures yeah and uh like after you know after it's all said and done like aiden ross is kind of you can tell he's kind of like a little suspicious like sure you know sure. this this seems very unlucky. And, what the fuck? Yeah. And then he starts reading like the people in the chat that are saying, telling like, him that the marks are like, marks. Hey, yeah. like the, check the cards, check the cards, check the cards. So at first he goes to uh, check the cards. Twenty One Savage takes the deck they were playing with, puts it like t- <laughs> takes it away, and then gives him like a blue deck of cards that they weren't like that they weren't using. <laughs> Not even the same color. And uh, yeah, yeah. So then Aiden Ross is like, No, no, I want to see the deck that you just yeah, took away. Right. So then he takes that deck, starts looking through it, and uh, well, actually, at first, Twenty One Savage is still holding it, so he gives him like one card at a time at first. So the first card he gives him is like the two of clubs or whatever, and he's like, ah, oh, there's nothing on it. Yeah, and then he yeah. gives him like a seven of you know hearts, yeah, and he's yeah, like, nothing yeah. on it. And then eventually he's like, dude, like put the cards on the table. Yeah. And then he, so he puts the cards on the table, and then he he starts looking. He grabs like a king, and he looks yeah, on the yeah. back. He's like, he's like, dude, like you see this? Like this is marked. And at first, Twenty One Savage is like, 
What? No, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not even trying to hide it. He's just like, you know, it's just like piss poor lying. Right, right. That's crazy he thought he could get away with that on that stream. Like thousands, maybe millions of people watching that. He thought he could get away with that. Yeah. So which makes him a shithead rock star. Yeah. And uh, so. So then Aiden Ross is going through the cards and he's finding more and more that are marked. And he's right. like, yeah, look at this one. And each one, 20 Savage is like, oh, that's weird, man. Like, it's kind of weird. I don't did, know. don't know did, what's going did on Aiden, here. Aiden, like, at some point pick it up like, hey, fuck you. So he goes, no. So he goes at first. He's like, at first he says, no, he wouldn't scam me. <laughs> <laughs> 21 Savage just sitting there kind of side-eyed like, I sure would have. That's exactly <laughs> like, the, it's literally like him just like staring like looking at the cards like trying to figure out what he's going to do 21 21 <laughs> so <laughs> to wrap it up uh they they finished the stream or whatever and then i guess a couple days later like 21 savage was getting backlash or whatever so he ended up paying aiden ross back the money but it's just so funny that you think you could get away with cheating on camera when there's like aiden ross has like 40 50 at sometimes thousand people watching his streams yeah you don't think people are going to pick up on that and tell them to check it out? Like, <laughs> oh, man. So, it's <laughs> like, uh, you ever seen that World Series of Dice sketch from. Oh, uh, from Sh- Chappelle's? Yeah, yeah. I think the one guy brings loaded dice with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, man. dude, so 21 Savage is first up on Shithead Rockstar of the Week. So, that was the first one with Aiden Ross. And not only. So, the second one is only a couple days later. This is the night of the Grammys. Yeah. So. Uh, Aiden Ross streams on kick. Yeah. And I watched a, a breakdown video. I guess someone was saying like he got some of this money from the CEO of kick, but essentially he paid playboy Cardi or the offer was I'll give you $2 million. If you come on stream and hang out with me, Okay, which is an insane appearance fee. Yeah. $2 right. million. I mean, yeah. What the fuck you don't for he, playboy Cardi. It's not like you got Drake and he's not like, I guarantee you like that's more than playboy Cardi's going to make from like doing a, a sold out show. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, Right. It's, it's just an insane amount of money. So, uh, and the plan was Aiden Ross flew in that day or whatever from, I think he lives in Florida and playboy Cardi was going to come over after the Grammys. Okay. And I guess someone from playboy Cardi's team set it up. So they're meeting at like this, like, I don't know, like this, I think it was like a warehouse, but it's like this, like dark, dark setting where it's like you can barely even see it's just and then aiden ross is uh first he's waiting for like a couple hours past when they were supposed to meet okay for playboy cardi to come and then i guess they come playboy cardi comes with his entourage and like you know whatever yukon or whatever yeah, and, yeah, yeah uh drives there and then drives away <laughs> and you can see like aiden ross is on the stream he's like oh i've got like this big bag of money for you like yeah, come yeah, on yeah. back or whatever and i guess like Someone, someone, he must have talked to Playboy's manager, yeah, or agent or whatever, and and he was like, dude, like, that's millions of dollars of cash. Like, we got to just go and yeah. show up on the stream. Like, yeah, what, yeah. you know, what, what's well, your problem? Yeah, yeah. So he ends up coming back after they had driven away. He's wearing like a, it's like all black, and he's got like a mask on, so you okay. can barely even see him. All right. And it's just like the most awkward interaction like you've ever seen. Like he comes on, and then he's like doing this like little dance for like a couple minutes. And uh, Aiden Ross is kind of like he's awkwardly dancing a little bit too, and all right. And then he starts asking him, uh, you know, he's like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, I, you know, I got something for you." And he gives him the the bag of money, yeah, which is like 
Side note, it's like the most amount of money you've like ever. Yeah. Seen. It's like this big ass like <laughs> duffel bag with yeah, a comical size bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's like the size of I imagine like when they're doing massive drug deals. Like yeah, you know, it's right. Like, oh, right. you give me that size bag of money, and then here's your coke or whatever. Right, almost cartoonish. Yeah, very cartoonish. So he starts asking him questions. Playboy's giving like one word responses, like just. It's very it's awkward. He's not like tuned in. No, he's not tuned in. Like you know, I don't know if he's on drugs or what. Like what the deal is, and uh, this goes on for some time. Like I don't know what the total amount of time was, but it was like it was definitely less than thirty minutes. It might have been. Anyway, it was less than thirty minutes, and there's you know, I don't know what the terms of the deal were, but they're supposed to hang out for like you know more right. than that extended stream. Sure. He had uh, I think he had. Like it was like a one of the most popular streams in recent years too. Like in terms of like concurrent viewership. Okay. And uh, so yeah, eventually Playboy Cardi leaves, and then Aiden Ross is just sitting there pissed. Like, dude, like I just gave you all this money for you to show up for less than thirty minutes, say maybe twenty five words, and then leave. I've never watched Aiden Ross's content, but he strikes me as a dumbass with with smart management. That, like, puts him in situation to succeed, and he fucks it up royally on the regular. Yeah, I don't watch his stuff either. I don't know who's messing up for him, but it's, I don't know. (laughs) He keeps doing it, and it just keeps going on. But also, so I guess now, like, Playboy Cardi fans are giving him a bunch of shit, because it's like, dude, like. You stole $2 million from him, Yeah, and I watched a breakdown video, and basically, like, after the stream, like, Aiden made it seem like he didn't give him the full $2 million, but he. He at least gave him like five hundred. A significant amount of money to show up for twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah, but it's just crazy. Like watching it almost made me mad. Like just seeing, like this is the society we live in, where yeah. you get this shithead streamer who I mean I, I don't know I don't watch his stuff so maybe he's a, a cool guy but just shithead in the terms of like this is a good idea. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's like he's he's the guy who was hanging out with Andrew Tate for like the last year, uh, and would base was basically like uh, an acolyte of of. Andrew Tate and just kind of like went full bore into whatever Andrew Tate was like uh, preaching, you know? Oh, see, I didn't. Okay. So yeah, shithead, He's that guy. shithead streamer. Yeah. And then he gets a shithead rapper, shithead rock star of the week. Number two. Let's <laughs> come on. It's, it's just I, when I saw the bit, like I saw that and I was just like pissed. I was like, I can't believe this is the society we live in. <laughs> That's fucking wild, dude. But yeah. you know, bad things happen to bad people. It can't, <laughs> you can't help them. Uh, so, uh, transition here. I mentioned to you earlier this week I'd like to propose a mini-series that we should continue to do maybe starting in the next couple weeks through however long it takes. It'll be, I think it'll be a 12-episode mini-series. Um, this is our attempt to cover the discography of Taylor Swift. Um, we could do it in like a three-part episode series. But I think it'll be better to break it down one by one in terms of the albums. She's got a new album coming out in late April, I think. Um, And so that'll put her up to 11 or 12 albums. And then I want to have one episode stored away at the end for kind of review, chit-chat, and kind of talk about, uh, you know, we'll we'll do our end segment for a regular episode on this extra kind of cover-all episode. Um, I think it'll give us more time to kind of like dig into the album, but also get into all the other stuff around Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and with the new album coming out. I think it's a perfect time to be doing that kind of stuff because by the time we get to that final album, it'll probably be a few weeks after that album had come out. So there'll be some like chatter about it, you know? Right. Um, 
thoughts, comments, concerns? No, I like it. It's it'll be interesting. It'll be something new for us to try. So, and uh, in terms of popularity, obviously it's a smart play to yeah yeah. So I like it. Yeah, and I think we could do those episodes kind of separate from the from the regular. We'll we'll continue doing our regular episodes. We'll toss in one album a week. Yeah, maybe thirty minute little side episode. Yeah, no, I All like right. that. Alrighty, cool. So I've got two more things. Um, just for like music updates and if, if people like this segment that we're doing just talking about like music and yeah. news or whatever like yeah. let us know and we can add more of it sure in. keep doing it but uh i saw zach bryan released a music video for nine ball that's oh song, hell yeah the song about the you know okay yeah the, yeah yeah right and guess who he got to play his dad in the music video uh i think i heard a rumbling about this um it was like a big name actor no? yes a lister uh i can't Matthew McConaughey. Damn. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Like you don't see that often, where you get literally like one of the best actors in the world. Yeah. To come and star in a three minute music video. Well, Texas Oklahoma rivalry there too. <laughs> That's pretty fucking cool. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't think of too many others who've got like a listers to come do just a music video. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and again, I think it goes back to like just how good Zach Bryan's music is and how like yeah. just raw it is and right. You know how much of a star he is, and uh, you know him and McConaughey both like good old Southern boys. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of cut from the similar cloth. Yeah, so I I, uh, I saw that music video, it brought a smile to my face. Figured I'd, I'd bring it up. That's quickly. good. I'll check it out. Yeah, and then the other thing that brought a smile to my face, I sent you a video, the video link for this uh, for the Grammys. Tracy Chapman performed yeah. "Fast Car" with Luke Combs, one of the coolest live performances I've seen in years. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it literally, I don't know why, but it brought it, I, it brought tears to my eyes. Like, wow, it was because I was reading like Tracy Chapman hasn't performed publicly in years. Like she doesn't, oh, okay. she doesn't really like, yeah, she's, she's not like big the in the limelight. Yeah. And just seeing her on the stage smiling, looking over at Luke and she, he's smiling back. And yeah, they both look genuinely happy. Yeah. And the song's a sad song and it's, it's, you know, super personal to Tracy. And it was, I don't know why it was just, it brought tears to my eyes. It was super cool. And I think it's a like Lucas doing that together. They're so complimentary. I, I talk about this sometimes as we get into all sorts of different artists, but they have such different tones of voice, such different sounds. And that song in particular, talking about a couple and this and that, I think having him do the song with her is such a perfect like yin yang for that track. They're both of them have amazing voices. Yeah, no doubt, hundred yeah. percent. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was it was cool. Uh, maybe one other thing I was thinking about this week. And so I, I took a road trip yesterday and I got listening to a bunch of different artists that I don't usually listen to. Um, and so I, I think we, I think I maybe asked you this question before, but as we go through the week and we're like listening to whatever artists we have that week, do you, do you find yourself listening to other stuff along the way? Or is it usually like, all right, this week we're doing, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. I'm listening to Led Zeppelin all week. Oh no, I mix it up. You have to. Yeah, I think you have to too. So like, you know, we're doing uh, we're doing this grab bag today, which is kind of different. You know, it's a little bit more le- lends itself to listening to different artists. But you know, for example, last week, pretty le- reckless. Like, I was listening to a little bit of Taylor Swift, just kind of like trying to see if I could understand it. This week, I listened to uh, Wu Tang's biggest album, oh, cool. Enter the Wu Tang. It's not for me. It's not for me. I just it, it, the the productions fairly basic it, it really just leans on the guys um but i was interested you know people talk huge about that album um 
Have you ever heard the the bit about Martin Shkreli in that album? Yeah, he bought an yeah. un- unreleased <laughs> copy of one of their albums for like yeah. $2 million. I think he had to sell it after the whole debacle with him getting <laughs> thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I found myself listening to a couple of different things this week. It was cool. Yeah, it depends, too. Like, if I'm working and I need background music, I'm not usually going to put on what we're listening to the, for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then same thing, like, at the gym, I have my workout playlist. Right. But if I'm driving... Usually that's when I'll throw on who we're listening to. Sure. Or if it's, you know, after work and I'm just doing stuff around the house or whatever, then yeah. that's kind of when I'll throw Put that it on. on. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Alrighty. I don't got any other side topics if you want to get into the meat and potatoes today. Yeah. So sampling platter, we got four different artists, uh, Jack Kays, Black Pistol Fire, Tenacious D, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'll say three of these albums are rock artists. Um, so in that sense, they're similar. But aside from Earth, Wind, and Fire, those those three artists in the Vale of Rock couldn't be much more different from each other. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a confluence of of discussion points we have today. Tenacious D is this kind of let's call it I don't want to call it classical, but classical sounding like rock metal group, but also a comedy group headed by Jack Black. Uh, Jack Keys is more of like a Gen Z type Jack of Hayes. Jack Hayes. Yeah, yeah. More of like a Gen Z type of pop punk uh you know, rocker. Let's just say that. Right. And then uh Black Pistol Fire. Black Pistol Fire is very much hard blues, like southern blues music. Um, similar to like a Kaleo. Mm. Um again, just just all spectrums of rock music today. And then you mix in Earth, Wind and Fire, which is this like fun upbeat disco group from yeah. like the 70s or the 80s or something yeah it was a wild mix of music <laughs> but you know that's what makes this this segment fun that's why i like doing this because you get all those different sounds and, and it's only a couple songs of each so if you don't yeah. like it you can yeah you can kind of just get it through out. it a little bit yeah it doesn't take like a whole lot of energy or like uh, concentration to get through an artist that you might not like a doja cat per se right you know so uh yeah, I'm excited to get into this group of artists. Um, with that, I guess, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with Black Pistol Fire? Yeah, we can start with Black Pistol Fire. That's cool. This was a listener submission via the TikTok. So I hope you're still listening to the pod. And uh, Shout out, Christian. Yeah, hopefully you enjoy this segment. Or don't, depending on what we say about Black Pistol Fire. Yeah. All right, so I couldn't find much info about this this group's background. Uh, born in Canada, live in Austin. That was pretty much all I found. Yeah. Um, Six studio albums. Yeah. They, I mentioned it already, they sounded a lot like a Kaleo or maybe like, you familiar with the Rival Sons? Yeah, I like they the Rival Sons. They sound a bit like the Rival Sons, but like a, simple, a simplified version. It's just a... T- it's just a two-piece band here, so it's a simplified version of Rival Sons. Um, yeah, and I would say overall, like, the music is really good. The songwriting and vocals from the lead singer are average, still good, but the music, in my opinion, outshines the vocals. I kind of disagree. Mm. So my, my take on this, right, is like, again, it's a two-piece. So a drummer, a drummer is a drummer is a drummer is a drummer. But when you have only two people and you got one of them as the drummer, that means the other person is doing guitar and vocals at the same time. Um, And when you're the lead guitarist and the lead vocalist, it's a bit difficult to do both at the same time, right? Like uh, a typical band will be three or four pieces where the lead guitarist and the lead drummer 
or, or lead singer or two separate people because it's very hard to do both at the same time to a high level. Um, and so I found as I was listening through these seven tracks we're going to cover today that oftentimes the guitar only shined when the singing, when he wasn't singing, and the singing shined when the guitar was fairly simple. Okay. Right? So a lot of, like, a lot of the verses we'll cover today are fairly simple, just like kind of chunky guitar uh, notes, just chunking along. And then he'll kind of get his his bit off. Um, and then as they get into the chorus, they'll add a little lick to give it some flavor and ramp up the vocals a little bit. The drumming aside, the drumming's nice. It's nothing crazy, uh, but the drumming's nice. Um, but I just think this band could uh, greatly be increased by maybe a third member. Yeah. Somebody to play lead lead guitar. I'm with you. And I, I like these guys. I like their music. I would listen to all six albums. Like, I'm not opposed to doing that. Like, I think they're... They're a good band, but I'm, I agree with you. I think they would benefit from having that extra person on yeah. hand. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the only other two-piece I could think of that we talked about was the White Stripes, and that's a different ball game. You know, well, Jack, Jack White's, White's a, an all-time. He, he's an all-timer, so, yeah. you know. When you don't have an all-timer, it's it's just tough, you know. For sure, even to help out with some of the songwriting, right? Cause right, like, right. I don't know. Usually with when you have bands, like, there's a four few or five people members, collaborating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you there. Um. Aside from that, I do like his voice. I think his voice is like perfect for the sound. Like I said, very Kaleo. Not although Kaleo has a great voice where he can get up and down into a higher range and a lower range. I think this guy's a little bit more limited. Um, it's still a good sound though, and I like the effect they have on the mic where it's kind of it. It almost feels like you're in like a small room watching these guys. Yeah, I was gonna ask if there, what what that kind of was, but yeah, yeah, it's just like this boxy echoey effect. I'm not you know I'm not sure about the technical uh, you know term for it, but. I do like that sound, but it's it's that same exact sound that Rival Sons have. Yeah. They do the same thing on the mic. Um, I can't think of any others off the top, but I, I'm sure I've heard this before, too, and I've mentioned it as we go along, as we've gone along. But um, I'm not a huge fan of Rival Sons, but I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I need to take a deep, uh, longer look because I do like these guys. So Yeah, so let's kick it off with Suffocation Blues, which – the riff on this almost sounds like a little like Tom Morello or Jack White riff. Like it's really good. Yeah, very not not a very little screechy, very buzzy, very loud. What they do really good good on the like on the mixing on this is they turn the guitars up to eleven usually. Um, <laughs> I do like that. It gives the the song a a bit of a fuller sound since it is just the two guys. Um, very loud blues rock track, slow choppy heavy chords mixed in the verses. And then this cool ripping lick on the chorus. Exactly what I talked about. It's pretty much what we're going to talk about for the next six songs after this. Um, high energy vocals, simple drumming. Um, this is a great one to start off. And I, I feel like I've heard this one before on the radio. I know these guys don't have a big, uh, you know, uh, acclaim, let's say. But I feel like I've heard this one on the radio before. Yeah, I think this was the most popular in terms of stream with like 33 million or something like that. And this is a good song. I, I'm assuming it's about a failed relationship. but I'm not entirely sure. But... Yeah, this was uh, one of my favorites of the seven that we listened to. All righty. Next one, Hipster Shakes, and kind of the same thing. This one's got a little bit more southern kind of, I'll say like a Midwestern southern feel to it, you know, very Texas. Um, it's the same kind of chord pattern as the last one, simple in the verse, higher in the chorus. A um, little bit more complex, up and down in the level and the range on the mic here. I think I did better work on the mic on this song. Um 
this also struck me as a song that you could like kind of stomp along to like in a, in a live show and it would fucking kick ass. Yeah, w- was it just me or was this song like just guitar? Like I didn't really pick out any other instruments in this. No, I mean there's some drums in this I think, but I think the, again this guitar is turned up so loud yeah. that the drums get a bit shadowed out. Okay, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, this sounds like it's just guitar. <laughs> that would be pretty cool too, but I don't think so. I think it just got drowned. Gotcha. Either way, I love the riff on this song again. And this one's about like a girl who's just a heart stealer. Yeah. Yeah. Good song, though. Good track. Yeah. Next up, Pick Your Poison. Um, this after uh, this wasn't the third song I had listened to or took a notes for. So this may be like the sixth or seventh song I had taken notes for. I got a very similar vibe from this song that I had heard from the from the, per- the other six songs we'll talk about. It's the same thing. Um you know, there's a little bit more harmonizing vocals in here. What they did do is they had, um, what's his name again? I got it uh, pulled up. So Kevin McCown on guitar and lead, and lead vocals. He did his bit, and then they went back and did some harmony vocals that they layered in around the chorus and through the chorus. Um, that was a nice little effect they did there. It's not as high energy, not as, like, brash in your face as some of the other tracks we'll talk about today. It's fun. It's just not their best. I like this one. I think it's really catchy. I like like the woo-woo-woo that they do. Uh, this track was actually on the verge of being tossed out mm. when they were making the album. And then they said, you know, they were thinking about throwing it out. And, but eventually they went back, reworked it. And the concept for this song was just drawn from some of the struggles they were going through at the time. Um, and they they said, too, at one point, like, it's hard for, you know, your six albums in or whatever they were at, when they were making this song. When it's like, there's just the two of us. You only have so many life experiences. Like, it's hard to... Yeah. make stuff up sometimes lyrically right. but no I, I this was a good one for me all right next one lost cause um this is more back into the sound that i'm loving from these guys high energy kind of crashy open uh really nice lick in the chorus and then the, like along with the lick they got these kind of jangly western sounding like long chords that hang out a little bit uh, almost like cowboy sounding you know um then they got this like, just simple choppy guitar underneath all that um great vocals here higher level higher energy this is a great track yeah very catchy song about a relationship being a lost cause but still trying for it i'd be lost without you i would die to make you mine we don't see no way out alive lost cause but they know we can't stop the fight yeah good stuff here yeah another good one next up level uh this is a little bit simpler low choppy and kind of thumpy complex drums um you know builds up to a higher level loud rocking chorus here um but it's got those two levels to it uh more focus on the vocals here than the instruments um and i think his vocals here are really really nice too you know he's sweet in some bits and then really like pissed off and bitter in other bits it's a great back and forth um this is another one i really like yeah uh, all these songs were like good or pretty good for me and this one is you know he's just singing keep on trying to bring me down down on your level uh pretty self-explanatory lyrically on that one yeah the next one is Hope in Hell, which is another good, catchy, solid rock song. Yeah, and this is another one that's a, even a little bit slower and lower. You know, it's got po- simple pounding drums, slow, choppy guitar mixed in with these soft licks. Um, you got vocals belting it out, but then with the harmonies underneath or in the background, you got these like harmonic ooze in the background. A little bit sadder, uh, a little bit lower. It, it's a good break like from the, the other tracks that we listen to that are more hard, like high energy. Um, this is a good, more ballad-y track. Yeah, the this song is about, you know, he sings, you can have it all, but how much do you want to lose? And that's, like, the essence of the song. What's kind of funny about this, when I was going through this, looking up the lyrics, like, 
uh, Genius and like the lyric site had messed up the lyrics like quite often. Okay. Where it would only be like a word or two, but you'd hear him like say something and you're like, oh, like that's not what he said. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it's because of that, like the vocal effect that they have. Where uh, it sounds right. like you're kind of like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, in a yeah. box effect. Yeah. Yeah. But it was funny. It was like, we were reviewing seven tracks. I think it was three of them had like messed up lyrics. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, especially with, you know, in 2024, the yeah. tech that we have to should be able to run that through an AI and get it out. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe that's what they did. And that's how I got fucked up. <laughs> it could be one of the two. Anyways, uh, I still think it was a pretty good song. Just different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the last one here is Bad Blood, uh, a bit heavier in terms of the music. It's still good. Just a cool song about toxic relationships. Yeah, heavier, but all, again, sad here. It's got this low tune lick. It's very cowboy western sound to it again. Um, thick, pounding, loud drums complement this like cool blues sound. Um, it's even got like a bluesy cadence to the vocals. Um, great, great solo section, long solo section at the end where he just kind of like lets it rip. Um, and shows he does have the chops. Like, you know, these other six tracks that we've talked about are, again, relatively simple on guitar compared to other artists we've discussed. Um, he, he shows off some real, like, prowess on guitar at the end. Um, this is a great song. Yeah, definitely. And I overall, like, I like the sound of these guys. I would definitely go back and, and give, like, a full-length listen to a couple of their albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stray away from these guys and certainly would be more interested in, in just casually like trying to add some stuff to my you know day-to-day listening right definitely so yeah good uh good recommendation yeah um, good one there yeah. thank you christian all righty um let's do one of mine you want to do let's let's do earth wind and fire yeah let's save tenacious D yeah for last yeah <laughs> <laughs> all righty uh earth wind and fire so they got a lot going on here but this is a disco group that came out of like the late 60s early 70s um down in chicago the some of these tracks we're gonna cover today you've absolutely heard in your life yeah they've, they've been played in commercials they've been played in movies they've been played in clubs they've they, you you cannot go anywhere without having heard one of these songs weddings too weddings yeah oh some of these are classic wedding tracks yeah dude there's a couple songs i was like as soon as it started i was like oh i know this song yeah i just yeah. didn't know that it was earth wind and this, fire yeah right and i think uh i think this is the kind of pop music or not maybe the kind of but like a subgenre of pop music that I'm finding myself really enjoying as we listen to ABBA, as we listen to to these guys. I've listened to a, a number of Bee Gees tracks. Like, I don't know, man. Disco's kind of fun. Dude, I can get behind it. These guys put out an album every year from 71 to 77. Jesus, man. <laughs> They're in the Putting studio. In work. They're in the studio constantly. I love it. Yeah, no, this is really fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just very, like, it's genuine. Like, this is... How do I put this? When I think of pop artists today, like a lot of times I think that pop artists get into the studio and they have a lot of people helping them out to like amplify a voice that is very nice. But they're not super uh, musically talented sometimes, whereas this is very musical, like great musical talent, great voices, great, like not always great, like in the sense that it's super deep songwriting, but it's just fun really cool sound songwriting too it, and i'm with you it absolutely feels authentic listening to to earth wind and fire when you compare that to listening to like a flow rider or a pit yeah where it's like right rinse repeat song or you know at the club see a girl we're yeah, partying we're right. drinking we're having fun like it's right rinse, repeat like this it just feels more authentic or, or maybe it's grounded even like maybe that's a better word for it like it, everybody can can relate to this kind of music yeah 
Anyways, let's get her into that with the first track, Let's Groove. Hell yeah. Very, very classic disco sound. Loud, high-tuned horns and these... They, they make almost like a bass beat out of these super heavy modulated vocals um, that gets played throughout. Uh, drums and claps adding on to the beat as well. Um, the verses, I, 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 there's so many members of this band that I couldn't like, per, you know, uh, pick apart one from the other. But the, the guy they got on the verses doing this low, like smooth, sexy sound through the verses and then mixing that in with the super, like not shrill, but high, like high range voices in the chorus. It's just so fun, man. Uh, choppy guitar and low bass kind of adding a little background track to it underneath. Um, I love this track. Yeah, so this came out in 1981. My first note on the song was, I have to add this to the party playlist. Second note on the song was, this is a great wedding song. And then third note was, I love the sound effects. They have like this, um, like techno sounding yeah. instrument. Like, it's like yeah, the key- it's the keyboard. Oh, okay, that's what it yeah. is, the keyboard. Yeah. yeah, I love that sound. Yeah. And uh, obviously, like, this is like a all-time chorus. You've heard it on the radio, probably. Let's groove tonight. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Vo- like, their voices get so high, it's crazy. Oh, it's unreal, dude. And that's, like, part of the cool, like, thing that was part of disco back in the day, man. It's so fun. I, I love it. Yeah. Good, th- great track. This is totally a fun one. And the synthesized voice sound that they have was created using a device called a vocoder, which predates autotune. Okay. So... Uh, that instrument or device, rather, was also used on songs like Mr. Blue Sky and ah, uh, Radio Blue Gaga by Queen. Sky. Yeah, so, it's, that, it's that like robotic almost sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. OK, that's cool. I like that. But yeah, this this will be making a appearance on the pool party. Playlist. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a certified banger. 1981 to 2024, man. It <laughs> rocks. All righty. Uh, another one you've definitely heard before, September. Uh, more in kind of a mid-tempo here. Again, very, very classic disco sound. Funky, groovy guitar, plucking along with like synth-up horns and strings. The same thing with here with that bass voice on the verses, higher disco voice in the chorus. Um, this got me thinking, like, you could just close your eyes listening to this one and, like, see yourself in, in club whatever. What's that one club that they all... Studio 54? Yeah, Studio 54. And, like, you see the bell bottoms and the flashy lights and the disco ball, and, like, you're there listening to this track. I'm Rick James, bitch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man, it's great. Yeah, this is another one where as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, this is a banger. I just didn't know the name of it. Right, right. Uh, This is another great wedding song. Yeah. The instant, you know, it opens with, do you remember the 21st night of September? And it's that, like, kind of bouncy it's the bouncy drums and this like low thumping bass underneath mixed with the horns. It's just so catchy and like dance vibe to it. I love it. It was funny. One of the songwriters for this, uh, Ali Willis, I'm hope I'm pronouncing that right. But he said that he couldn't stand like the body. ya in the chorus. Yeah. Cause that's, he's singing yeah, like, yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's nonsense. Like I don't get it. Right. And, uh, and then Maurice White, who's like the the lead vocalist, he's okay. like, "No, we're going off what it feels like. It feels great. That's what people are going <laughs> to yeah, remember." Right. And he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, oh, dude, a, a diamond in the rough, or maybe that's not even the right phrase for that, but it's to have excluded that would have been a, a critical omission. Right. To stand on, you know, to stand on the table and say, "No, like this is what people are going to remember the song <laughs> yeah, for." Exactly. This, this is good. Yeah. We're exactly. leaving this in. Yeah, you just sing that little body guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, people know that. That's cool, man. I love it. Yeah, so yeah, just, and the song itself is just, it's it's very nostalgic. 
Like you can listen to the song and just think back to. You That's know, what I'm saying. It puts you right in the in the scene, man. Yes, the good old days. Yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, great song. Another one, like just hit after hit, man. Boogie Wonderland. A little bit more up tempo here. A little bit more heavy on the horns and these like clicky kind of like uh, almost like like they're hitting plastic or something um, <laughs> on the drums. Um, they got these women's vo- vocals on the chorus mixed in with that silky bass on the verse. Um, just sex appeal all over this track, man. Fun dance vibes. Like, same thing here. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, so like you said, the song's about men and women not getting what they want sexually. Uh, there's inspiration for the song from a movie, Mr. Goodbar, which stars Diane Keaton as a lost soul who goes to clubs every night to dance away her misery. Uh, okay, okay. So it's actually meant to be more of like a, a sadder, a sadder song, track. even though it sounds like it's, yeah. it's more you know fun. Yeah, along. it's upbeat and like good vibes, yeah. But yeah, this is another one that is uh, just it's really good. That's an interesting bit there that you mentioned that this is kind of like it, it's almost like a satirically sad song, you know? Yeah. Like it, it is intentionally like a fun music song that has that sadder undertone that kind of describes that bit about like trying to dance away sorrows. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I never picked that up. That's really cool. It's cool when an artist can do that really well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough that's a tough like needle to thread, but they do it masterfully here. Next one, Reasons. And so this is kind of the other side of what they do, where it's more like smooth, jazzy, kind of soulful music. A little more R&B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one's more sax with harmonizing vocals and slow drums as the music. Um, High-range vocals moving along, just smooth and light and, like, easygoing. Um, very much, like, love-making music on the, on the track here. Very good song. Love it. So you know what's funny about this one? is this one is often played at weddings and some of the members from earth wind and fire thought that was funny because they're like oh read the lyrics the song's about a one-night stand (laughs) right and uh some of the lyrics oh and after the love game has been played all our illusions were just a parade and all of our reasons start to fade which is it's kind of funny that they're like yeah like (laughs) it's totally right it's post not clarity yeah Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I don't enjoy this one as much as the other three that we we just covered, but this is still um, fire. Yeah, still good. Next up, after the love has gone, um, mid tempo, a little sadder here. Piano and these like kind of squeaky high tune keyboard, soft male vocals mixing in with slu- like super low, super high ranges throughout. Kind of like almost a back and forth bit. Like the chorus isn't super well defined, so they just it just kind of feels like they keep riffing on this one a little bit. Um, then there's this understated quiet sax that like hits a little bit occasionally in the back, um, you know, a little sadder, but it's just like comforting. It, it's I don't know. It's it's a, it's a nice, like good listen. Yeah, I've got this uh, longer story here. Let me see what I can summarize from this. Let's read the way they were able to modulate that vocal, because like. It's it's not just that they modulated the vocal; it's that they then took that modulated vocal and like raised and lowered the level on it to like to to meet whatever the music was doing. It's crazy. Yeah. So this song ended up winning a couple of Grammys, uh, one for best R and B vocal performance by a group, as well as best rhythm and blues song. Um, and then the song was written by David Foster, Jay Graydon, and Bill Champlin. I guess. One of those guys was in the middle of playing the song and forgot the chorus, and they kind of like ad libbed it on the spot. Okay, that's which cool. is kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, they ended up like saying like, "Oh, you know who?" Like, I think it was Champlin. They're like, "Oh, 
you know, he's got this song, but it, you know, let's, let's, uh, offer it up to like earth, wind and fire. We think they'd, you know, do a really good job with it. And at first, Oh, and then they're basically just like, yeah, like, how are we going to tell this guy whose song it is that Earth, Wind, and Fire is going to do a better job with it? <laughs> I should have sh- summarize my own notes here. I've got, like, yeah, a million different things going on. But, yeah, that's interesting. Like, we've talked about, what was the song we covered recently that we're like, oh, it was the Jimi Hendrix uh, uh, all along the Watchtower. We're like, oh, this is a cover? No, this is my song now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sorry, I uh, did roll this a little bit there, trying to summarize my notes on the spot. But oh, no, you're good, you're good. Nonetheless, good song. <sighs> All righty, next one. Another very fun, up-tempo disco track, Shining Star. Um, another one you've probably heard before. Very Austin Powers vibe to it. For some reason, I just saw Austin, <laughs> Austin Powers. What? I just saw Austin Powers walking in the club being like, oh, groovy, baby. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is a very groovy song. For yeah. Sure, for sure. Up-tempo, choppy disco guitar mixed with higher-energy vocals, a lot of horns, simple drums, and this kind of like riffing keyboard that goes back and forth with the guitar, playing pretty much the same riff on each instrument, like against each other almost. Mm. Um, it's this cool bit. Fun licks in here from both. Uh, vocals are fun and energetic. Just great vibes here. Another classic. See, when I think of this song, I think of like this is like a backing track to like a Disney movie when, they, or when that. the main character doesn't believe in themselves and then they they get their confidence because the whole <laughs> song is you know you're a shining star no matter where who you yeah, are. Yeah, right. Kind of strutting it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that for sure. But no, really cool groovy song. Little uh, inspiration in the lyrics. And then we close out Earth, Wind, and Fire sampling platter with "That's the Way of the World." Right, back to more of this jazzy, soulful R&B sound. Um, easy, low-muted, choppy guitar. Um, you got this cool, like, mixed, kind of complex drumming and the full choir of vo- voices adding different bits. Uh, like, it feels like everybody in the group got a, got a little section here. And they don't break it up by verse as much as they break it up by line by line or a couple lines here, a couple lines there. Um, bits of strings mixed in. Um, it doesn't stand out to me as much as the other tracks that we covered, but it is... Uh, incredible background music yeah it's less groovy much more spiritual lyrically uh but still just a good good softer track from earth wind and fire yeah totally yeah. agree so uh, yeah that was a that was a fun sample yeah it was it's just different it's something you would never go to man it's it's just <laughs> fun it, that's that's really the whole thing i got it's like you got to remember sometimes music isn't always like there's not always doesn't have to be a message or like some kind of point to it it's, sometimes it's just gonna be fun man and that's what these guys bring yeah, I was trying to think of, like, in terms of an actual sampling platter appetizer, what the Earth, Wind, and Fire equivalent would be. Oh, that's a good. We should start doing that for the next <laughs> few. Uh, it's got to be, like, something light, but, like, super flavorful. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like... Uh, Just exploding with flavor. Maybe, like, a fried pickle or something. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe, like, maybe it's maybe it's nachos. Mm, that's a good a lot one. of different stuff in there fun easy everybody's able to get like take a piece away i like nachos for sure tenacious d well we'll get to that yeah <laughs> oh, okay uh, yeah well I'll, I'll save it since we're doing this we might as well go back one black pistol smoke is very much like uh oh. it's very like very generic well ye- well i don't know if i don't want to say it. so much as it is like it's for it's not for everybody but there's a certain subsection of people who love this appetizer. <laughs> uh, maybe it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of niche. Maybe it's like fr- uh, onion rings. 
Mm, okay. Something like that. I can get behind that. I don't know. I'd have to think about it some more. Yeah. The next one up in the sampling patter is Jack Hayes. Uh, so Jack Hayes is from Ohio. <laughs> this was a request from uh, my brother, actually. And I guess this is one of – he really likes this artist. He, I thought he has some good stuff, but I wish we, – we did seven songs. Each song that we did is very, like, pessimistic, like, self-loathing kind of vibe, which I wish he mixed it up a little bit because I think he's got the talent to do so. It, it struck me as, like, Gen Z pop punk type of music, um, which is fine. Uh, you know, there's some other harder rock gen z type of artists that i'm enjoying like uh well kind of like the band i told you about last week dead poet society um just a little bit harder a little bit fuller sound um but you, you can very much tell they're a younger group uh, more in tune with like today's culture um this is it, there's a lot of levels here there's some really soft stuff some kind of mid just kind of very generic sounding pop rock pop punk um and then there's some heavier shit um especially when they get travis in the studio that's like whoa uh but yeah it's, it's all like downers it's all like fuck this fuck that um i don't know the music's nice but yeah i, I couldn't relate on some of these tracks yeah and again i think he's got enough talent where if he did something a little bit more uplifting or maybe just a song about something else yeah other just than something the, else other than like the self i don't know man talk about like just make a song about like having sex with with hot chicks or something like <laughs> i don't know well, I would say the the first song, actually, Caffeine, is a little bit different from the other six. Yeah, whereas I, mean, I totally agree. This one, he's kind of telling like a love story back from when he was in high school, and he was in love with a girl who didn't necessarily love him back the same way. And, you know, the metaphor in this one is something about you. It feels like caffeine, pure gold. And actually, yeah. I actually like this song. Yeah, no, this is the best one of the seven that we've covered. Um, very, like, 2020s pop rock sounding. Strummy acoustic mixed with loud high horns. Um, conversational low verses mixed with these higher energy pumped up choruses um decent range nice little bit of emotion dripped in i think it was better later um it's a good track yeah i'd like to see more of, of this style the next one this is the biggest one in terms of number of streams on spotify uh morbid mind which is like a, pretty much just a, an acoustic guitar track yeah that's there's a couple of these that we covered today um you know, it's it's nothing super crazy musically. Um, up-tempo, kind of strummy acoustic chords, bit more pop-punky vocal sound to it. Um, he does bring in a second guitar, or at least he, like, plays a second guitar track where over this, like, up-tempo strumming, he adds in just little notes here and there. That's kind of a cool bit. Um, but, yeah, th this is a very angry kind of vocal track to it. Um, it it's... I think he's he's got a good voice for this sound. I'll just say that. When he gets angry like this, gets a little bit higher in his level, um, you hear the grit and kind of the stretch on his voice come out a little bit, and there's something to that that is nice. But I don't know. It's good. It's a it's a really good track. It's maybe not as good as the last one is all I'm trying to say. Sure, and, and this is a song about going through it, and I think just looking at it from that lens, it's decent and relatable. Like if you're going through it, like yeah, I, I totally can see agree. you throwing on this song. Yeah, agreed. The next track is the first one that is produced by Travis Barker, and you know he gets a. It's with Travis yeah, Barker yeah, on right. the title Credit of the track. Yeah. So this is Sideways with Travis Barker. Loud, very, very pop punk sound to it. Uh, fairly simple churning electric guitar, loud in your face, angry vocals again here. 
But I really don't even think that's as interesting as Travis on the drums. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before. He's just a fucking savant, man. And the, it, it, he's in his bag 100% on this track. If you just listen to this track and really, like, tune in on the drums and let the other part fade out, that would be plenty for me, honestly. Dude, Travis Barker's the man. Like, over the last couple of years, just him him working with, like, Kenny Hoopla, Ever Levine, uh, you know, Jack Hayes, Machine Gun Kelly, Willow Smith. Like, he's working with all these young artists that are in, like, that... It's so fucking cool, man. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to. This guy... Well, he enjoys doing it. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's he's been the drummer of Blink-182 since the early 2000s, late 90s. But really, let's say the early 2000s, because before that, you know, they were just a band. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't have to go and, like, find all these kind of, let's say, from pop to rock artists that are just kind of up and coming and, like, do anything for them. But he, it almost feels like he goes out of his way to help these these young up and up and coming artists and like or, or even I mean Avril Levine Avril Levine's not like an up and comer. I would say with Machine Gun Kelly, right? But even taking someone like Avril Levine or Machine Gun Kelly, if it's you go cool... to the tracks that Travis Barker produces, they're usually a lot better than the ones that he doesn't produce. Right? No, I totally agree. Like man. he just he he just know like he's got that like that sixth, sixth sense. sense where he's yeah. like, oh, this is what this track needs. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's really fucking cool, man. And he's awesome, awesome, awesome on this one, hundred percent. And yeah, this this song is uh, you know, Jack Hayes is singing "Drink Till I'm Sideways." I don't love shit, never get my way. And again, I think, I think without Travis Barker, this song this would be very like subpar. I like this. I like this song. Like, I do too. Travis Barker does. He's awesome. He's a man. <sighs> Next one, bottom of the bottle. This might be. Hmm. How do I put this? This is kind of a similar sound to Morbid Mind, a little bit lower, though, um, tuned down a little bit. But this is exactly what we were just talking about, where, like, if this had a Travis Barker, maybe a lot better. Without Travis Barker, meh. Yeah, it's another more acoustic track about being lost in life. And I, w- I listened to these songs when I was in, like, a bad mood, so they were probably better than if I listened to them now when okay. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was decent. But, yeah, I, I'm with you where, like, this— It needs a little something. This could use a a touch up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, like just fill out the sound a little bit. Yeah. All right. Next one. Middle of the end. Uh, strummy mid tempo acoustics and higher level vocals here. Um, I got like campfire song vibes. There's no drums on this track. So it's just the acoustic kind of like kind of like quickly strumming along and then him singing to it. You know, again, very uh, not very a bit angry, a bit like over the top in terms of campfire music. Um, well, some of the quick acoustic strumming reminds me of a little bit of Zach Bryan. Yes. Yeah, that's a good comp to it. 100%. Uh, it, it's a different sound vocally, but yes, it's. I, I get your point there. Um, you know, other than that, the, 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 the lyrics here I didn't really relate to. Um, you know, the, 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 the guitar is cool. The rest of or the singing is meh. Yeah, the song is about being in a relationship knowing that you're causing pain to your partner because you're battling your own demons. You know, essentially anyone that's struggling with, like, substance sure, abuse sure, or sure. something along those lines. Yeah, gotcha. The next one is a interesting choice for a guy who has, let's say, smaller uh, claim. Gin and Juice. Just off the top, to go and choose that song title is a bit bold, just knowing that Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice will... Like the first when you when you Google Gin and Juice on whatever streaming platform you use, the first ten tracks you'll see will be versions of Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. Yeah. Um, 
Aside from that, though, I didn't think this song was anything special. Um, simple, low, strummy acoustic, mid-tempo, little, mid-level vocals that don't really get too high or too low. The, Just kind of meh. This is another one that I think could use a production touch-up because yeah. he kind of does it where he sings the verse into the chorus, into the verse, but there's no, like, pause yeah, or right. time to, like, take you, like transition you into going yeah, from the, the verse to the chorus. The cadence doesn't doesn't do it. And it's all on like the same underlying beat. Like I, this is another one. Again, I think you could touch it up and it'd be a lot better. A lot yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last track. Uh, Outrun myself with Travis Barker back on. Uh, sad, loud, angry ballad. Um, it's got this interesting mix of like soft kind of piano sections and then these hard, very angry, rocky vocal sec or uh, like rocky sections. Um, you know, it's it's a sad song. I think. Having that like yin and yang on it is kind of interesting. It's a cool bit um, that you sometimes see. Um, Travis again doing really nice work on the angrier bits where he gets into the drums because the the softer bits are fairly like simple and stripped. Uh, but Travis comes in and like really thrashes away on those angrier bits, and it's nice. Um, good, not great. Yeah, I think overall Jack Hayes could benefit from like a lot of his songs are like two two minutes, two and a half minutes don't necessarily follow like a verse chorus verse chorus bridge yeah. structure you know sure I, I think if maybe he made some of his songs a little bit longer and then had more of that like production touch up i don't even mind the shorter songs necessarily as much as i mind like just it, it feels like we've talked about with a lot of artists where like I don't, I don't know how long this guy's been doing it i didn't find very much information in a couple of years it just feels like he kind of like he dipped his toe and we're not at the best part yet. You know, he's still like figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's a a, a very uh, interesting individual. I checked out his Instagram. It was very there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah a little bit of eclectic, maybe. Sure, sure. Uh, overall, like I said, I think I think my overarching take here is he just. There will be better. Like, he's got – there's talent to this. It's just not on full display yet. Yeah, and, like, I saved caffeine, like, I in the, the sideways with Travis Barker. Like, there's some good stuff. It just needs to be – there needs to be more of it. Yep. And I think with that, that's a good way of leading us into the artist we've been excited for all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I was uh, chuckling to myself when, we were lis- when I was listening to each of these songs. This is Tenacious D. It's crazy that, like, we've talked about it before. Jack Black's, like, a, a he's a funny, awesome actor, and then he also does this, and he's, like, a solid musician, too. Um, you know, the whole bit here is this is this is comedy rock. Uh, he bleeds his, his acting bits. It, it almost feels like this is an extension of School of Rock, where, like, like, the teacher in School of Rock, Jack Black's character, now has this band, Tenacious D, that he's been doing on the side after school. Um... <laughs> And it's cool. There's like, it is very much rooted in comedy, but it is also like solid rock music uh, in varying levels, and it's fun. And I don't know, man. Like we said about Earth, Wind, and Fire, sometimes it doesn't have to mean anything. It just has to, like, it's just fun listening. Yeah, and I would advise you to check out. When I was listening to these songs, I saw they did a cover of "Wicked Game," which is a uh, older song by Chris Isaac. Okay. And the original song is like four and a half minutes, and it's like a little bit 
it's, I mean, obviously it's slower because this is like a two minute cover almost. Okay. But Jack Black, it's some of his, if not his best vocal work. Listen to the cover. Mm, like, okay. He's got a lot more range than I give him credit for. He has great range, dude. He gets up there and lets out, like, belts out some, like, almost like yodely sounds that you're like, whoa. Yeah. I, yeah and I mean more in the sense of, like, this is like a, uh, it's oh, like just a, a different true... style of song. Okay. And to see his range on that style of song as opposed to the yodeling. Like, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. I would definitely recommend checking All it right, out. All right. I'll have to check that one out. Um. Yeah. So these guys have a few different albums. Maybe like five or six, five or six projects. They've been doing it since the early two thousands, late nineties too. Um, but I feel like their first couple of albums are really like the, the meat and potatoes of their work. Um, and I think that's where all of these songs come from today. Maybe I'd have to double check that. But <laughs> anyways, um, I've got way too many notes on <laughs> some of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh. I, I guess maybe before we get into it, too, dude, like Jack Black, Kung Fu Panda, Falls of Fury, uh, School of Rock. Like I didn't see it, but I know Nacho Libre was big. Nacho Libre. Like th- I don't know about the newer. Oh, uh, Jumanji. Jumanji. Oh, I forgot about Jumanji. Like, dude, just just like he doesn't take himself seriously. Like, whereas I think, how do I put this? Like, I think he's just like a real person. Like, yeah, just a cool dude. Yeah, I yeah. think he's actually a cool dude where I think some comedians can be come off as a bit like pretentious yeah pretentious like like i don't think Chappelle's pretentious but i think he's reached a level of fame where it's like i'm dave Chappelle, man like what the fuck for sure um, or like the person i've been talking to you about all week that is very pretentious in a way is tosh tosh comes off as very pretentious whereas jack black just feels like a normal fucking dude it's it's just good man i don't know anyways um well, yeah let's open it up here first song tribute um it's this southern rock kind of style ballad uh, acoustic strumming in this kind of low foreboding tone um, starts with Jack basically just narrating uh, this story in a spoken word style uh, and then as the song goes along it picks up and the singing adds in and uh, drums kind of add in as well choruses break out an electric guitar really fill up the sound and um, and then it just kind of drops off on this light like almost like you've been on a journey uh, as, as the story here is fun too yeah, so I've got a couple of fun facts on this one. The origin of this song, and they did an interview where they were saying that Jack played Metallica's one for Kyle. Jack said, I turned it on and I said, I think this is the best band in the world and I think this is the best song in the world. Okay, gotcha. And then Kyle agreed to listen to it like a couple more times. And after the first time, he said no. Then the second time he said, perhaps. Then after the third listen, he's like, yes. So, <laughs> so the idea for a tribute was to, it was a, essentially, it's a failed attempt to write an even better song than the Metallica than one. one. Yeah. yeah. Which in itself is funny. Right. And and throughout, they're, they're like, we're writing this. We're trying to write a tribute to the best rock song in the world. And like as the song goes along, you realize that they don't even remember what song they're trying to tribute. <laughs> yeah, so and that and that's part of the bit because in the song they're hitchhiking down the road and then Satan appears and tells them to play the best song in the world or he'll eat yeah, their souls. Right. Then they forget the song and then they play something else as a tribute <laughs> and decide that that's now the best song in the world. <laughs> so it's just like this big funny bit. Yeah. And uh, some people were saying that this was a tribute to Stairway to Heaven mm. because there's parts of the song that sound very similar especially the it's like the last 10 seconds of the song they do like a little this yeah. little quick riff yeah that sounds kind of like the stairway progression yeah yeah on yeah. um, both songs are played in a minor and they follow similar p- chord progressions that's cool but yeah this is just uh this is one that it, you know made me laugh listening to it it's fun oh it's just and the last fun fact in the music video 
Dave Grohl plays the devil. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I saw that too. That rocks. Another down to earth chill guy. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. This song rocks. All righty. Uh, a little bit more heavy on the comedy here. Next one. Fuck her gently. Um, this is a light kind of low sounding, almost country plucking here. Um, you got Jack just kind of singing sweetly all over the track. Very soft, very like easy, light. Um, talking about how sometimes she doesn't want to fuck like rabbits. She wants to fuck gently. So this song was released to radio with three different clean edits, three different titles. What? Uh, Her Gently is the same in all three. Do you okay. want to guess? I'll give you three guesses. We'll see how many you can get for the adjective that they replace. With Bach or verb. Bach. Uh, yeah, yeah, verb. Bach. Uh, hmm. Nah, I can't think of any other words that rhyme. It doesn't have to rhyme. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, caress. And what's your third guess? Uh, I don't know. All right. Way to, uh, way to give that segment some life. <laughs> <laughs> so they released Bleep Her Gently, Boink Her Gently, or sorry, Bonk. No, Boink. B-O-I-N-K. Yeah, Boink. Boink Her Gently and Oink Her Gently. <laughs> Jesus. But oh, no, the, the chorus in this one is hilarious. He's just singing, you know, I'm going to F you softly. I'm going to screw you gently. I'm going to hump you sweetly. I'm going to ball you discreetly. <laughs> There's a funny line in here, that, too, that turned into a little bit of like an Internet uh, kind of trend thing uh, where it was, I don't know if it was even a trend so much as it was just like a thing. Um, the line is like, what's your favorite position? Um, that one's not my favorite, but if you want, I'll do it. And I feel like I've seen that on, like, TikTok and stuff. Just added on as, like, the song over, like, a random-ass TikTok. It's a funny little bit. Yeah. The next song is Kickapoo. Yeah, another kind of, like, uh, adventure quest song here. Western Rocky sound. Strummy up-tempo acoustic. Um, Jack brings great, this kind of, like, old-school metal rock, like, vocal on this track. Um, electric guitars kick in early with bits of piano and slow, simple drums. Uh, another fun listen yeah so this is the first song that appears in the movie tenacious d the pick of in the pick of destiny right uh which this song tells the story of a young jack black who and this is true he wants to become a rock star but he lives like with his parents and they're super religious and they don't you know they're kind of against it uh so this song is actually like probably one of the ones that's closest to yeah like a a real yeah, yeah 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 a real personal story but yeah good one nonetheless with 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 ridiculous like fantastical quest yeah like, storyline mixed in throughout yeah exactly this next track i mentioned to you may be the greatest story ever told it is beals a boss the final showdown <laughs> an epic tale of a of a battle with the devil in the greatest rock off the world has ever seen uh it's a rock metal like epic um lots of different styles mixed in you'll hear it like the devil's bits are very much heavy loud metal and then Jack's and Jack and uh, Kyle's bits are all kind of all over the place. There's some softer, like ballady stuff. There's some good, like very 80s Rocky stuff in there. Um, you know, piano mixes in simple drums for the most part. It's just, again, very, very fun. Listen, and the story here is really what drives. Yeah. So in the movie, Dave Grohl, again, he plays the devil in the movie, too. And it's funny, like the devil's verse, he goes, fuck. The demon code prevents me from declining a rock-off challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I must rock. 
Yeah, and he so they go, uh, what are your terms? What's the catch? If we win, you must take your sorry ass back to hell, and also you have to pay our rent. And what if I win? Then you can take Cage back to hell. Yeah, Cage is like this little sidekick that they have, and he's like, you're not going to let me go to hell with the devil. The devil's going to rape me over and over and over again. What are you doing? And Jack's like, fuck you. We're doing this anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just funny. And, you know, obviously they end up beating the devil. Yeah. But, yeah, this is just – it made me laugh listening it, to it. it. It's the devil went down to Georgia, but way more ridiculous and, and like, uh, rocky. 100%. All right. Uh, next one, Wonder Boy. A bit of a, a tale of how the band came together. It's the story of two superheroes, Wonder Boy and I forget the other guy's name. Uh, I should have wrote it down, but um, Nasty Man, Nasty Man, that have powers that are identical to each other, who form this this epic rock band, uh, come together and save save the town. Da da da. Um, it's more of a slowy, plucky anthem thing at the beginning. Acoustic, sorry. Um, picks up with synth and electric guitar as it goes. Again, solid like '80s rock kind of sound to it. Um, Simple drums, but this like dueling guitar bit where it feels like both of them are playing guitar and like battling each other, um, which is part of the like the story. Again, feel good, fun track. Yeah, I didn't like this one as much as the other. It's still fun, and I guess I got Dave Grohl to play the drums on the whole album. Hell us, yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Dude, he, it feels like in the early two thousands he was taking any opportunity he could to be like, I am the lead singer for Foo Fighters, but if you need a drummer, <laughs> <laughs> this is a dude who loves music. Yeah, yeah, just loves it, man. All righty. Next one, Master Exploder. Um, it's very, like, up-tempo, fast strumming with uh, acoustic and licking with this, like, very 70s high-tune guitar over it. Um, you know, Jack in his upper level belting out the lines here. It's a quick track, you know, fast, uh, fun. Um, there's not much to it. It, it. it feels like as soon as the track starts, it's over a little bit because it just goes the whole way. Yeah, and this is the – yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And this – in the context of the movie is where Jack Black's character is like fictionalizing what's going to happen once he gets the pick of destiny. Ah, okay. The master exploder. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, That's yeah. Cool. This might be worth a watch. You know, what's funny too. I, I was reading uh, for the movie that Jack Black said he would never write a movie script again because of how bad this did at the box office. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure he's rescinded on that since, yeah. since that was like 15, 20 This years feels ago. like it would be like a cult classic. Like nobody likes this movie. So there is a certain section of people who fucking love this. Well, yeah, movie. I think the user reviews on IMDb had it at like a 6.8, which is that's it's, not bad. It's yeah that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I take that. All righty. Um, the last one we'll cover today, and this wasn't even in my top seven on Apple, but I felt the need to add this today because this is a Guitar Hero 3 classic. Legends of Rock. The metal. Um, very heavy, like 70s heavy metal sound to it. Like up-tempo, thick, loud guitar like chords. Um, got me like in a thinking of Judas Priest or like a Megadeth sound to it. Um, really, really good work on the guitar here, which like I feel like for... Uh, well, aside from Bezel Boss, for the most part, like the guitar is is good, but not like wow. This one I was wowed by the guitar. Um, aside from that, <laughs> again a fun bit here where like the whole song's about different styles of mostly '90s rock music trying to kill metal, um, along with techno music. He just throws in techno just to like beat up on it a little bit, um, and nothing can like destroy metal music. It's this uh, unassailable item. Yeah, he references. Punk rock, new wave, grunge, techno. It's, it's yeah, techno just came out of nowhere. It was like, fuck these guys, too. 
Yeah, this is just a funny one. He's saying everything, you know, tried to kill the metal, but the metal will live on. Yeah. He's doing, like, this super deep voice. Yeah. Yeah. Very ho, ho, ho type deal. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, fun track. It, it was a fun listen, too. It's, it's like, for something different, it's, like, it's very rare that you can get music that makes you laugh. Yeah, yeah, you don't, like... The music that that makes you laugh is almost like again you got to go to YouTube and like find these these spoofy like kind of bullshit things, um, right? And, and most of those are one offs or like a uh, quick series. Whereas this is like legitimate music, um, that is is both great rock music, and also funny. Yeah, or Little Dicky before he decided that he was never gonna make music again in a <laughs> TV show. <laughs> hey, he's a busy guy, man. Let him be. Turn. Let him be. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I would. Highly recommend Tenacious D. Uh, a few tracks that we want to just highlight here before we get into anything else. What do you mean? Uh, just from these four artists, anything? Oh, 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 right. Like, like the songs that I of these four artists, the songs that I would highlight here again: um, "Feels a Boss" from Tenacious D, uh, "Earth, Wind, and Fire," "Let's Groove," "September," "Boogie Wonderland." All three of those. Yep. Um, Black Pistol Fire. I love Hipster Shakes, uh, and I love Bad Blood. I like Pick Your Poison from them. Yep. And then Jack K's, I'd probably say just Caffeine. Caffeine and Sideways with Travis Barker for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah, I mean, that would be about it. It's, yeah, doing the sampling platter is a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm loving this bit. We'll do it more. Uh, Alrighty. Uh, so, in terms of time, how we doing? Yeah, so uh, we, that was probably an hour. That was 15, hour, 20. hour twenty. I'm just saying in terms. I know we gotta do. I don't know what kind of setup or stuff you gotta do to get ready for people to come over. Oh, I. Uh, we could go check, but I think we should be good. I think we will need to connect the Fubo TV, but that only takes like five minutes. Yeah. Um. No, I think we should be good. All right. Cool. Let's keep rolling then. Oh well, yeah. So let's. Uh, I'll cut this, but let's outro that episode, and then that was it long enough. Where let's yeah, yeah, that can be its own separate thing. Yeah. Alrighty then, uh, that's all we got today. We're gonna end up splitting these into two episodes, so let's cut this first episode here today with the sampling platter and the kind of catch up in what's going on in music. <laughs> yes. Alrighty, guys. Uh, next episode we got will be the kind of review of what's going on with Live Nation Ticketmaster. Um, it's been a topic that kind of caught a lot of, of fire last year with the taylor swift eras tour debacle um but it's really an issue that's been that's been burning since the mid 90s yes and um literally 30 years now yeah yeah so something, the, something that's it's drastically affected the the landscape of music uh, more than music you know just artistic performance throughout the country um yeah so that's all we got today uh, follow us on tiktok twitter instagram and youtube at flip the record like, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one.